Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 38. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. Today, we have another fantastic female real estate investor with us by the name of Sharon Houseworth. So welcome, Sharon. Hey, Holly. How are you doing today? Great. So excited to have you here to share your experience and wisdom. Really appreciate you and your time. So for our listeners that don't know Sharon, she has been a real estate investor just a couple of years, which is not as many as some of the people I've had on my podcast. So I'm so happy for her to be sharing her newer experience. You know, not someone that's been doing it for 20 years or 50 years or longer than some of you have been alive. So she um, started out as a property manager before she got into fixing and flipping and being a landlord herself. But I'm going to let her tell us all about that. So Sharon, why don't you take us back to even before you did real estate, what did you do in your life before you jumped into the real estate arena? Well, you know, I was in a couple different industries. I had my insurance license and worked closely with my mother who was a life and health agent for like 30 years. So I did that for several years, trained in that business, kind of wasn't really my thing, um, although I have always enjoyed working with people and around people and all that. Uh, then I went into uh, the administrative field in a couple different um, industries. My One of my last ones was actually at a construction company. So I got a little little construction background. That always kind of had my interest. So um, to transition into, you know, the property management thing, and then now the fixing and flipping, it all kind of kind of seems like it's tied tied in together. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you definitely so, had some relevant. Let's see, relevant work experience. That's what I'm looking for. So that's yes, kind of cool yes. that you that you yeah. got some of that to um, get your feet wet into that, and so then you didn't feel like. You had no idea what you were talking about, like some of us do when we start in this business. Yes. Well, yes. tell us more um, even about the what you were doing with property management and, and kind of your path there. And you were telling me about, um, yeah, Keep. I'll let you tell it. Go ahead. So what was the property management okay. that you did? Well, I wasn't actually a licensed property manager. I got kind of thrown into it. My mother, um, in her later years as she retired from the insurance industry, uh, you know, I've been raised, honestly, since a little child, you know, grandma always had property. I've, I've just always had, you know, the only way to really make money is, is secure it in, in real estate. You know, I, I've had that in, ingrained in my head since, you know, birth almost. So my family had always had rentals. Um, so mom and I were very close in, in her elder years after dad had passed away. And she had a couple properties that I began managing. Um, and you know, we shared in that experience and, uh, then she bought a couple more buildings and in 2009, my uncle, which was my mom's brother, he had passed away and unbeknownst to us had several rental properties. Uh, the total, once we got everything calculated and everything all pieced together, uh, ended up being about 34 doors. So I was actually managing all those 
uh, my brother and I ended up inheriting the ones from my uncle. Mom was still alive, of course, and I was doing all hers as well. But I was doing all the management, all the accounting, all the, you know, vendor scheduling, like everything like that. So I just kind of, you know, went to classes, kind of self-taught, learned from others, like, you know, experienced people like Holly and, you know, different people that I've met along the way and kind of made my own little business. You know, I wasn't, of course, licensed to to do anyone else's besides our own family stuff, but it's it's been been a great a great life with a great living for me as well so well that's yeah. awesome give us an idea of like how time consuming or not time consuming it was because I remember when we spoke a few months ago and you were talking about hiring an outside property manager I was just thinking why would you do that and then when you told me how many hours right now it was taking I was floored because my own property management for my 10 single family rentals takes maybe an hour a month it's like really not a lot of focus or energy of mine but yours I know now we're a lot but back then when you took over these 34 units how much time would you say it consumed of yours well you know minimum it seemed like it was about 30 hours a week I mean I was I was wow. working like a full-time job sometimes even more depending if there was vacancies now ours aren't single family properties where you just have one tenant in one place you know we've got you know a couple fourplexes a duplex you know different a variety of different things I hate to say it but my uncle didn't really take care of the properties as well as we would have hoped. Okay. That's okay. You know, <laughs> so that's a lot, how a lot of, of landlords are. A lot are. of maintenance issues. Yeah, yeah, a lot of maintenance issues. And so, um, you deferred know, and some of the tenants exactly. Right? <laughs> deferred maintenance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you a lot of our buildings, 99% of our buildings don't even have drywall in them. They have lath and plaster. That'll give you an idea of how <sighs> old they really are. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you start painting and, sanding and all that then you get into the RRP laws and there's just so many different things that I've learned along the way that you you know to protect your tenants that you need to abide by California rules and laws and the lead and the this and the that and, and everything so it's just been you know setting up fire extinguishers on on every building you know getting smoke detectors up to date carbon monoxide it's just been it's just been a process wow. you know so and I dove into it you know full full blown not really knowing anything about this in mass so i yeah you know i've just learned along the way but we've we've just experienced different different things and like i said i'm the one calling the maintenance guy you know i'm the one coordinating all that i'm collecting all the rents and and i didn't really have as great of a system as i wished i would have this year actually i've made some big changes january 1 i just turned everything over to a licensed property manager who's actually right down the street from here she's a friend of mine and let me tell you, the relief has been amazing. I, I can just, only um, imagine. Yeah, because free. I, yeah. I think an, another big part of it, properties that require ma more management are obviously when you have multiple units like that with lots of people in them, sometimes lower income, doesn't always pay their rent on yep. time, they're more challenging. And then also the age yes. of the building. That was a big eye-opener yes. for me when you were talking about that, how much maintenance was constantly being required. Mine are kind of newer, yes. single-family single homes for the most part. Although just today, it's funny we're talking about this, I have a home that's 100 <laughs> years old in Riverside, a little two-bedroom, oh one-bath, have this great... Um, couple people living in it and all of a sudden their power was going out and my normal contractor that works on my fix and flips went out there and he was talking about all oh, the mickey mouse stuff going on in their electrical panel oh, no. and that's why they're having oh. so 
Oh, yes. So apparently, yeah, that's, that's um, a nightmare. Yeah, we're paying the price now. He's, he's got to get all that up. And the toilet wasn't attached to the floor in the right way. It was just kind of sitting there. There was nothing to bolt it in with. I'm like, well, thank goodness I've got somebody who knows what they're doing to, to clean it up. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to hear stories like this about the properties. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, that's what we've been doing. And, you know, and then you get the little piddly things like, you know, the call at eight o'clock at night that, you know, so-and-so from apartment B is parked in my parking spot. Well, go down and knock on their door and ask them nicely to move. And why are you calling me? You know, you got to train your tenants as well. And yeah, it's been, it's just been all a learning experience. I'm grateful for every moment of it. Yeah. But now it's time to move on and I'm doing some different stuff this year. So yes. yeah. Well, tell us about, so you evolved from just kind of like managing those and you kind of got into fix and flip, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I did. My mother, back to my mother again, she got very sick in 2013. I took care of her home. You know, she was home bedridden for almost a year. And after she passed away, I thought, I need to do something different. The tenants, the toilets, the trash, it's consuming me. And I thought I need to, you know, spruce it up or, or you know, I need a new spark of something in my life. Mm-hmm. So I heard one of those commercials on the radio one day, learn how to fix and flip houses. And so I went to the seminar and I signed up for the program and, you know, it's just been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Um, I've met so many people along the way. Um, I'm in the middle, oh gosh, I've actually got like five deals going. Uh, three of those are buy and holds. Um, we have a big flip going on in on Balboa Island in Newport Beach right now. I've had a property in Fontana that was very successful. That was a good one. Um, just a variety of different things that, that I've been doing in the last couple of years. So it's just really been life-changing for me. Cool. Well, I would love if you would take us through um, kind of beginning to now of one of your deals. And in particular, I know we were talking about your home in Fallbrook that coincidentally happened to be on the same street as one of my flips. I mean, what are the odds of that? And huge Southern California out of all the cities and all the streets, we randomly happened to have worked on the same street. And yeah, that's fun. But yeah, tell us about that deal and how you found it, how you bought it, and your need to change and adapt and everything. This is a great story. So tell us the beginning of it. How did you get that deal? Okay. Okay. So, okay. So how I found it, as I had done, in addition to that big expensive program that I did, I had also gotten involved with a group of ladies, which is where I met you, the Invest Club for Women. Mm -hmm. And I did Iris's little 60-day challenge. Three weeks after I did the challenge, I got my very first deal. That came from building a relationship. We all talk about relationships, relationships, relationships in this business. It is so true. And I had actually had a realtor call me from one of the phone calls that I had made during this this challenge. And uh, he said he had a deal in Fallbrook. And I thought, where the heck is Fallbrook? So I checked it out. The comps were good. Um, it was a gentleman that was getting ready. His property was going to auction in three weeks. So I love this story because, you know, I got in this business to help people. And one of the big things that I learned from the big training company was people first, profit second. And, you know, I actually got to to do that on my very first deal. And it's just been amazing. Um, So we were able to save this gentleman from going to auction. 
save him from having a foreclosure on his record, and he got about forty thousand dollars cash in his pocket. So what a success! That's great. Yeah, it was totally good. Totally good. I have goosebumps when I tell that story. So I was like, this is cool. Like this is what I want to do. You know. So we went in there. Before you go on with that, why don't you explain uh to our audience that may not understand? If he had gone to auction, would he, is it possible he might not have gotten the extra 40000 that you provided him? Oh, yeah, he, he would have definitely, uh, yeah, no, no, he wouldn't have gotten a penny from, from the knowledge that I know. Yeah, right. he would have yeah, okay, I agree. gotten so a foreclosure on to, his record. Yeah, and I then, just wanted yeah, to reiterate nothing. that. Yeah, it's not just about the exactly. record. A lot of times we can get the more cash than the house might exactly. fetch at auction. So yeah. we're providing yeah. a great service to people, especially totally. people in the last hours or weeks, and they've been in denial and they don't know what to do or whatever. So yeah, yay for it you. was okay. so sad. Yeah, because he was he was there. He had just a mat. The wife had left. The kids had left, and he was just in this big giant house by himself with just a mattress on the floor in the living or in the kitchen or not in the kitchen I'm sorry in the bedroom and it was like this poor guy was just done you know and what a relief that we were able to come in there and 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 take care of that problem for him so yeah it was it was really cool Um, so I got this deal under contract now I'm panicking now what do I do you know I called a few (laughs) other investors yeah okay cool I got it now what do you do so I called a few other investors but all most of all the investors I knew were up in Orange County they didn't want to travel that far. You know, Fallbrook is kind of off the beaten path down down outside of Oceanside. And, you know, it was just kind of too far for, and I hadn't really, you know, met anybody really that was, that I guess that really knew me enough to, to invest in me at that time. Cause it was my first deal. I was new. So what do I do? So I went and tapped into some of my investments that I'd had. Uh, I cashed out an annuity. So I actually funded the deal. Well, I used hard money. And that that relationship was from one of the one of the hard money lenders that I'd met at the 60 day challenge through mm-hmm. Iris, mm-hmm. and he was he was willing to take a chance on me for my first deal. So that was that was really really cool too. So I I funded the gap funding with my own personal money, and got a contractor bid, did all the stuff that I'd been trained you know to do, and I thought, well, I want to do this whole deal and just see you know how I can do it, make the mistakes with my own money first instead of someone else's, which I'm glad I did because let me tell you, there was a lot of mistakes. <laughs> well, let me stop you right there because the way I like to think of it is not win or lose, but win or learn. And we all That's learn. True. I mean, I'm Good still point. learning Good on point. every deal. I learned something. I, I exactly. take something away. Right. Over 200 right. houses, I'm still learning. But um, You're it's right. not really mistakes. Right, it's just <laughs> challenges and opportunities. You're you right. There, and I'm you sorry. don't know what you don't know. I mean, you've been through two education programs at that point. So yes. you, you felt comfortable enough to pull the trigger, do something. What was the purchase price of the house? Just so our audience has an idea of that. The purchase price was five twenty-five. Wow. And what did you think the after repaired value was at that point? Uh, seven fifty. Okay. I'm trying to oh, I say I don't have my numbers, but yeah, five. That's okay. I, I can't remember if it's 525 or 475. I can't remember right now, but my estimated repairs was around 80,000. Uh-huh. We ended up going up to a little under a hundred, which yes. that was way, way out of the ballpark. But I was just walking through going, Oh, well, that would be cool to change that. Oh, that would be cool to change that. And, you know, when I got that change order, it was, it was way more than I had planned. Uh-huh. Plus we did a lot of extra stuff to the exterior we we did the whole um now when i say we my son and i okay that's, right. that's who i mean we 
we did the whole drought drought free uh you know landscape type thing right. and you know the succulents and all that but it looked it looked amazing it looked amazing by the time yeah. it got done well and that's a great so. point is so many times when i've started a project you're you're making things look better in the house and then you think uh we really can't leave the original brick fireplace. We really need the tile. Well, now everything else looks so exactly. good. Then we have to add this. Well, we thought we could leave the driveway, but now the house looks so awesome. The driveway looks like crap. We got to tear it out. You know, so that's just like that snowball effect. Once you start fixing yep. things, it's hard to stop. And you're constantly weighing the pros and cons, cost, benefit, return on investment. Oh, is it worth it? Do I do this part? It's so hard to know where to draw the line and stop. So. Exactly. Just another yes. thing you experience yes. when you're actually doing a real deal that they don't talk too much about in education and training until you're in it. You're exactly. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's. So you got it but all it fixed was, up um, and you're ready. And then we you got it all out. fixed up. We started started the project in May. We closed escrow in the middle of May. Uh, got it all fixed up. Of course, the timeline went way farther than planned. Um, so that was that was you know, a little frustrating, but that's okay. You know, these, these things happen with contractors. Yes. We didn't get it on the market until like end of September and no offers, no offers, no offers, no offers. Had a few open houses. The house looked amazing. Everybody told me how beautiful it looked. But and no you offers. staged it. I remember I saw the photos. Oh, we it was staged, staged it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, wasn't, it, was, it looks great. Yeah. So it just, you know, it just, and I'm paying the hard money loan fee or the, or the loan payment every month, you know, five, five grand by the time I'm paying the insurance, the pool guy, uh, you know, the power bill, because we've got a pool running, got to keep the pool running when it wants the pool to get green. Oh, yeah. And every month, every month I'm paying that. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was, it ate literally the first, the, that year it ate me alive. It oh. ate me alive financially. Yeah, but it's okay because you know what? I was able to turn lemons into lemonade. Because um, what did you do? Yeah. How long did you leave it on the market before you thought I better think of a plan B? What I'm not going to sell it for what I thought I could. Well, by the end of the year, I was I was stressing out on it. I called our hard money loan guy. He said, "No problem. Thank God for this relationship." You know, he said, "No problem. We'll extend your loan another three months." Okay. So literally, we extended the loan. It was a, an original six-month term. We extended it three more months. Then we extended another three more months. So it was on the market for a year, not one single offer. And that's for the and, benefit of our listeners. I, I've done this on a house. Sadly, I've owned this thing oh, almost two years. But they will do extensions, but yes. is there a cost to it? <laughs> Well, you know, he didn't charge me for the first extension. The second one, he said, I'm going to charge you a point. Wow. So it was like 40, 4,700. Yeah, I must, my purchase <sighs> price must have been 475 because the, the point was, you know, obviously a percent of that. So it was four, $4,753. But what was really cool is he didn't even, I didn't even have to pay that up front. I mean, this guy was just so easy to work with. Um, he let me pay it off because of, I had a another thing that I was in the works on. And uh -huh. he said, you know what, you just, you just pay me when you can kind of thing. If yeah. this property sells, you pay me, you pay me out of that. If, if you're, you know, whatever, whatever you do, I know you're going to pay me kind of thing. Right. So that was, 
that was a relief because I thought, where am I going to come up with another, you know, $5,000? That's like a whole extra but, payment. Um, yeah, I have exactly. one of those going yeah, right now. And payment in its own. I, I just exactly. pulled out my statement last night on this one that I've had and I refied it. So I'm with my second hard money lender and I saw two hits. I got hit half a point for a three month extension. Um, two times, you know, in the last 12 months. So that's kind of normal listeners to, you know, I paid half a point for three months. Sharon paid nothing for her first three months and then she paid a full point yep. for the next one. So it, the cost was the same to her and me. It's just how they put it. And I think they often will add it to your loan balance. They know they've got their security. They've got their collateral. They just want to see that you're making efforts to sell it or improve it, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. And then they'll extend you. They won't call the loan due and foreclose on you or anything. Yeah. So that was, that was nice. So I had purchased the property in May, May of the following year or actually April, I said, I've got to do something. I like, I've already held this property for, you know, almost a year. So I made the call to a loan gal, another relationship that I had built, you know, around here. And well, she's actually a realtor, but she ends up, she's a mortgage gal too. And I called her and she was able to get me actually approved for a 30 year mortgage, which was perfect. So we refied that hard money loan out. And now I have a much lower payment. My payment is thirty-three sixty-two, but that includes my tax and insurance. Nice. And, and what, do you recall yeah, the interest rate with the hard money loan and the interest rate with the oh the long-term conventional? <laughs> of course. Okay, so what <laughs> yeah, were your interest 11%, rates? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eleven percent with the hard money loan, and I believe I'm at that property at I want to say. 4.5 or 4.7, something like nice. that. Nice. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Yeah, so a big, huge savings. Yeah, big, huge savings. Yeah, and so, so for, um, and for listeners, even though that sounds higher than what you might pay on a personal residence, when it's a rental property, you're yeah. going to pay a higher interest rate, but that's still a great rate. I mean, that's almost yeah. a third, <laughs> less than half, yeah. closer to a third of what her, <laughs> what Sharon's original interest rate and payments, you know, were. Yeah. And you're probably amortizing now too, right? Are you amortizing the loan over 30 years? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the hard money loan is interest only. So now you're you're paying down principal. So cool. Exactly. Yeah. So now that you've got this um, new loan, what was the next plan? What was the next step you took? Well, I thought I got to get a tenant in there. I've just Mm -hmm. got to, you know, and Mm -hmm. I've got experience with that. So, you know, I tapped into into my experience, I've got all my forms, I've got all, I know how to run credit reports, you know, I've got all that because I've built my system on that, that I've been doing for years already on the property management end. Mm-hmm. So I put a Craigslist, I put a, I first want to, you know, utilize any free ad services that I have. So I popped an ad on Craigslist. And I mean, within hours, I had a hit. I advertised it for 4000 a month, which I thought was a little higher than I should have gotten down there. But I thought I'm going to start high. And if I have to negotiate down, then that's, you know, I can do that. Yeah. It's hard to negotiate up, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and ironically enough, I had a realtor contact me who had just sold his little house in Carlsbad. He wanted to move closer to Temecula and his office was in Escondido. So this was like perfect right in the middle for all their, you know, family needs to be close to the grandkids, to be close to his office and to be out in the country like they wanted to be. So this just fit their need perfect. It fit me perfect. They were ready to move in. It's like within a couple of days after my loan closed. I mean, it just couldn't have been more perfect timing. Sweet. Um, so they're, they're currently still in there. They moved in, um, I believe it was the last, 
think it was June 19th. Yeah, June 19th, they moved in. Um, <laughs> well, and, and I yeah. got to I've got to point out too that the reason you probably got a good hit, um, I, I assume you put photos on Craigslist, right? Oh yes. And yes. the home was yep. gorgeous. Normally, yep. investors do not renovate homes to the same spec level right. for a <laughs> rental as they do a flip. So exactly. you had, yeah. you know, technically you'd over-improved it. I mean, you were going to flip it. I did the same thing with the house once in Riverside. I was going to flip yeah. it. And then at the last minute, I'm like, oh, let's hold on to it. We're in a rising, yeah. appreciating market. So it was too nice. And yeah, they haven't um, taken care of my high-end carpet the way I wish it was. But, oh. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, so oh. that worked out in your favor. You got it at least very quickly because it was beautiful. You probably have pictures of it staged. I mean, it was so nice. Yep. You wouldn't want to rent that and pay a little bit more to have oh, yeah. a super luxury Oh, yeah. Well, when they came yeah. to look at it, it, it was still staged. So that oh. was really nice. They were like, oh, my gosh, like, this is amazing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I kept the staging in there during nice. during the rental process. So Very yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, then you yeah. had those tenants, but then I remember the next part of the story, three weeks after they moved in, right? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what happened next? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, we talked about maintenance issue on the apartments. Well, there's maintenance issues on a house as well. <sighs> we had, my tenants woke up. This is three weeks after they'd moved in. Yeah. And they said, oh, my God, the whole downstairs has like two inches of water in it. And I was like, are you kidding me? They said, we don't know what's going on. It looks like it's coming from under the kitchen sink. Of course, we've got all hardwood on throughout, okay, except the bedrooms. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So sure enough, you know, of course, it's on a Saturday. It's always plumbing problems always happen on a weekend. So you have to call, you know, the pay the emergency rates, right? Oh, yes. So we got a plumber out there. And just so happens that this was the day of their daughter's wedding as well. Thank God the wedding wasn't going to be at the house, right? Uh, and <laughs> thank goodness that the, like, the wedding dress wasn't sitting on the floor somewhere. That would exactly, be a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it can always be worse. I always look at the, you know, you know, saying, I mean, I know this is, this is a, a challenge or a, an issue, but it can always be worse, you know? Yeah. So I thought, oh, thank God the wedding's not at the house. So, uh, but, you know, they've got to get ready. They have to go turn off the water. Like, you can't shower with the water. You know, otherwise it's spewing everywhere. Oh so, we got the plumber out there. He realized it was it was a foundation, like, slab leak in the kitchen, of course. And, uh, yeah, they literally were displaced from the home for almost two months. Um, they would come back and forth. They were, right. you know, thank goodness, always important to have your tenants have rental renters insurance people yes always 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 require that so what happened because they're renters because they had renters insurance what benefit did they and you get from that well they they were immediately put up in 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 a hotel um i i don't even know exactly i mean he's a realtor so he's got some really good good insurance but i know Mm -hmm. that all their needs were taken care of i believe they gave them you know because they weren't able to cook and do their normal you know, preparation of meals. I believe there was some kind of benefit on there as well. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was really good. And my insurance was amazing. I had actually had a builder's risk policy on the property during the rehab because we have to have special insurance, right, Holly, during mm-hmm. during our projects to protect, you know, the property from vandalism or whatever. Right. So I had just converted that with the same company into a regular you know, landlord policy at that time. So I had excellent coverage. The only thing really I had to pay out 
on that whole thing was like a $2,500 deductible. And it was over almost a $50,000 job because they had to replace cabinets. Yeah. Wow. They had to replace cabinets. The whole downstairs was all hardwood. Now, this is a 3,700 square foot property here. So there's a lot of flooring. And because it only affected like the the kitchen and the dining room area, that wood they didn't make anymore because it was an older wood, but we'd kept it because it was in excellent shape. Right. They could not match that wood. So my insurance company authorized to re refloor the hole downstairs. Wow. So that was really cool. So I have all brand new flooring on the downstairs now. And uh, yeah, you know, they had to do cabinets and we had, you know, water remediation and emergency service and, you know, dry, dry out machines and everything that goes with a water issue. Oh my yeah. gosh, what a nightmare. But was, did, what about your ordinary. loss of rents? Did your insurance company cover that? I did. You? I got I got that covered. I got my loss of rents covered. I believe I did have to pay the pay the plumbing pay um It's just like if you get in an accident, if your tire pops and you get in an accident because of that, they'll pay for the damage caused by the accident, but they won't pay for you know, like the what actually caused the accident. Like they're not going to pay for your tire and that kind of stuff. So they didn't actually pay for the slab leak replumbing part because, of course, we brought everything up through the walls now. We don't want anything in concrete if we have to have it. So they didn't pay for the reroute, okay? I think that was maybe 1700 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. But they paid for all the damage that was incurred from that that loss. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just blessed that my tenants stayed. Huh? Very important lesson for the listeners. Get your insurance in place and get the right insurance. Because if, I mean, you were fine that you had a tenant in there and had tenant insurance, but if you had had a water leak and a big problem and you didn't buy vacant house insurance, so like some people Mm. think, oh, I'm just going to buy a landlord policy while I'm fixing it because it's so much cheaper. Well, I've heard that they're not going to cover you if, if they figure out no one was really leasing it and no one was living in it. And I think you only have 30 days in between tenants to get someone back in there. If you have a landlord policy, then you have to switch to vacant house policy or they won't cover you. So, you know, get a good insurance person and know what you're doing. Ask the questions and it's not worth trying to cheat your way around it because you're really just cheating yourself. (laughs) Cheating yourself out of it. That is so true, Holly. Yeah. That is so true because they actually, we had signed the lease, but they weren't going to move in until, you know, like a couple weeks later. Mm-hmm. Somebody drove by my house, an insurance adjuster or an insurance, whatever. He drove, they drove just to, you know, check out the property and all that. In between the time that I had switched it from the vacant dwelling property to a landlord policy, they came by there. They sent me a letter and said, well, we just drove, we did a drive by and it looks like the property is vacant. So, and I wow. said, oh, hold on, I have a signed lease. They're going to move in on such and such a date. So I had to actually show them that verification that I did have a tenant moving in. So you are absolutely correct on that. Yeah, and I have insurance they, inspectors yeah. drive by all my rental properties yep. and have, I guess they have to justify their jobs, but they'll say like, oh, this tenant had trash, too much trash on the side yard or their brush is overgrown. They have to find something yep. wrong. And then I have to do all these little remediations every year and tell the tenants to you know, comply with whatever the company's wanting. So yeah, that's another yep. thing is you'll find. And also, um, like I just bought a house with a pool in Riverside um, this last week. 
and we needed to replaster the pool. And my insurance oh. person said, you have to have the pool full filled on this particular policy that you want. So we're going to bind it, but you better get that thing up and running. And we did within a few days, we had it plastered and then filled and they're just doing all the chemicals today. But if you don't follow the rules of insurance companies, you don't get the benefit. So be very aware and very careful of that. Yep. You don't want to mess with that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, and that's the other thing is when you have pools, you usually have different policies, like certain companies won't take you with the pool. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, tell us, that, that property does have a pool, but I'd never, yeah, that was. Yeah, and you disclose that, and that you know most insurance yeah. companies will look on Google Earth and say, "Oh, I see you have right. a pool. I see you have a two-car garage. I see there's a chimney." Like they can tell so much <laughs> now from satellite <laughs> photos. And like sometimes they know more than I do about the house. They're like, okay. <laughs> but so then what happens? So you've got it all fixed. Your tenants are back in. They're all happy. So I think there's more to the story. What's coming up next with it? Well. They, they were still under contract. We signed a year lease. So technically July, um, even though, you know, they were displaced for a couple months, I think they want to go from the original date of the, of the lease. Yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> and they've called me several times in the last couple months. Apparently the lady next door runs an Airbnb and they're not really happy about that because, you know, they just don't like the different people coming in and out. They're always out of, out of their pool and their pool echoes from, over by the master bedroom and so they've they've expressed their uh, you know uh, that they're not happy <laughs> their dissatisfaction yes 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 okay. um on numerous occasions and you know i'm fine with that because we always have a we always have to have a, a different plan for our properties depending on what's going on right. so i've actually just been recently contacted by a treatment center that is looking for either a residential housing property or a detox facility. And Fallbrook is the perfect place for that right now because there's, for instance, no HOA in that particular community. Um, there's plenty of people in the neighborhood that have Airbnbs. Um, the Chamber of Commerce is perfectly fine with it as long as it's a legitimate licensed business and there's nothing illegal going on, of course. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I have an opportunity to get even higher rent than $4,000 a month because they're actually running a business out of there and they would be paying a premium, a premium rent. So yeah, so we're in negotiations on that and yeah, I'm excited to move into a different realm of investing and uh, yeah, there's always opportunity and new things around the corner. So you know, as distraught as I was about that property not selling. Oh, and then also, oh, forgot this part. They are also turning this particular part of Fallbrook. There's been some big changes in the community down there because the 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 golf course that my property sits on was um it was going to pot. The the guy was in bankruptcy and he wasn't taking care of things. He shut down the clubhouse, he shut down the restaurant, all that and everything was just dying and it was just really hideous down there. Well some new owners have come in. They've taken over. They are Turning the one particular area, they're going to, they're already taking down all the trees. They're going to be growing vineyards there. They're turning the clubhouse. They're expanding, growing. They're going to have a wine tasting room. They're going to have a five-star restaurant. They're going to have a wedding and banquet venue. 
And guess what that means? That means my pri- my my property value just went up. So Sweet. how cool is that? Well, yeah. no, I'm sad that yeah. I sold my house on Lake Mott. I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm not sad. I'm glad. <laughs> oh. yeah, so I thought, you know, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm not, you know, as sad as I was when it wasn't selling, now I, now I know why. Because, you know, there was obviously a different plan. So, yep. That's really awesome. Yeah, so the, the moral of the story is probably... Don't panic if your first plan is working, you did a refinance, you got a long-term tenant in, you're going to get a higher paying tenant in with a treatment center. You still probably got the Airbnb potential if you wanted to go that route. And I mean, I can't, I'm guessing that the rents would be, you know, more like 10 grand a month or higher if you were, you know, doing that with that huge of a house with a pool and a golf course. Sounds nice. In fact, well, that's funny too. That's funny too, because actually, so every time my tenants call me and complain, I call the lady next door because she and I are friends. Okay. Like, you know, I rehabbed that house for a few months and we got to know each other. So her deal is she goes, when somebody is staying at her house, she goes to the lady next door. She's right there. She's right there in the neighborhood. There's no parties going on or she'd be over there yelling at them. She has already told me, Hey, don't panic. When your people, if your people move out, she goes, you need to let me Airbnb your house and I'll take care of everything down here for you and, you know, give you some good money. So I've got that as a backup also. So there's always opportunity. There's always, always, always. I love it. And the reason you have that opportunity is because you are friendly and outgoing and like to network and help people. So then people like this neighbor are interested to talk to you. She likes you. She wants to help you. So yeah, lesson to everyone that the more friendly you are and the more people that you're interested in and see how you can help them, you get helped yourself. It's just how the universe works. So yeah. That's right. That's awesome. With those that they know, like, and trust, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we need to be winding down here, but in conclusion, what advice would you give to someone new starting out that is, you know, it's scary when you're starting out. It's a huge risk and like it wasn't that long ago for you a couple years ago for you so what advice do you have for new people you know what just keep keep moving forward every day just be committed 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 to this to this business and if you can't do it full-time just always have that as your end goal is to to get out of your w-2 job and 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 get into this investing because there's so much money to be made and so many people to to learn from this is the only industry ever in my life that I've been in where everybody wants to help each other people aren't climbing over each other to get to the top it's not like that investing is a team sport and it's just it's a, it's, a, it's an awesome industry to be in and just don't give up i have on my vision board right here it says don't you dare give up <laughs> and you know yeah that's one it. of my little things don't you dare give up and you know I get frustrated as well you know when we don't get a deal or you know whatever whatever but things happen and that just means that there's a better opportunity around the corner so yeah I love just, it well thank you yep thank you
Well, thank you for yeah. sharing your lemons into lemonade story and really demonstrating yeah. <laughs> how there are usually multiple paths available. And if you feel yeah. like you're stuck, then just ask those around you. Go to your local RIA club, ask a yeah. mentor, ask someone, ask the neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor who's doing Airbnb. Right. Just like ask people for ideas, for help, and it will come to you. So. Yep. Well, yep. thank you, Sharon. For people that want to reach out to you or talk to you, ask you more questions, how can they do that? What's the best way? Oh, I would love it. Phone call or text anytime. I'm 24 7. Uh, What's your 406. Phone number? <laughs> oh, sorry, I talked over you. 406 461 3470. Or you can email me at Sharon underscore house worth just like your house is worth a lot of money at hhpropertysolutions.com and i'm on facebook with that hh property solutions and then also my website same address fantastic and i didn't really yeah. mention this but you are in orange county california um san clemente yeah. so yep. if you guys have um, sharon is probably a buyer too so if you're a wholesaler and you yes. have a deal, then um, Sharon's happy to talk to you about that. And she's very well networked. If, if it's not something she wants, she might be able to help you find someone that does want it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sharon. And to my listening audience, hopefully this inspired you and showed you what's possible and how not to panic, but keep moving forward even when things get challenging and get out there and make some great things happen. That's right. Thank you so much, Holly. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.